What's up, besties? This is episode 38 Heads in a Duffel Bag, Way Too Many Heads to Put in a Duffel Bag of Childlike at Best with Mike Valdez. I'm still the second part of that title. Miami, I'm going to be at the Seen Not Heard comedy show at Unseen Creatures Brewing and Blending on March 19th. It's going to be a great lineup of comedians, and it's a free show. You should definitely go. It's going to be such a blast. And of course, for any additional dates and details, you can always follow me on Instagram at Mike Valdez. This episode is Nary Signs. Nary is a nationally touring comedian who has worked with the likes of Arius Spears, Nick Thune, Billy Gardell, and Dave Chappelle. He has a comedy album called Man Child, which can be found on Spotify, Apple Music, or anywhere you listen to music. And he also has a podcast network called the Geek Bro Network, with so many funny and geeky podcasts like What's Up Bro, Mount Geekmore, and so many more. This episode was such a blast. It was such an honor to be able to talk to Neri. We met at Florida Supercon, which was a really awesome show, and we got to know each other ever since then. And he has been such an inspiration to me. He's been so helpful as a comedian, helping me grow. And I truly can't thank him enough for being a part of this podcast. We talk a lot about childhood, cereal, and of course we talk about comedy as well. I really think you guys are going to enjoy this episode, so without further ado, please enjoy the very funny and the very talented Nary Signs. Yeah, man. Well, hey, we started, so hey everybody, this is Child Like It Best with Mike Valdez. Hey guys, guess what? I'm Mike Valdez, and today I have a amazing guest with me, the very funny, the very talented, Nary Signs. Hey man, how you guys doing? Thank you. Thank you, Mike, yeah, for having me. Yeah, of course. Me. Dude, thank you so much for doing this. We've been trying to get this done for a couple months, but yeah. you're just such a busy dude. I, I just, yeah, man, I'm always <laughs> I'm always on the road, man. I'm it's always, awesome. It's, I mean, it's great. It's just one of those things, like, I have two podcasts i had three and then one of them because we did so infrequently we just decided to stop we're like it's just call it what it is and it's a shame because it's it's uh it was uh it's called shiver uh, yeah. a horror movie podcast I loved it, yeah and i thought it was i i had a lot of fun i'm a i'm a big pussy when it comes to horror movies yeah. <laughs> uh, and because of that podcast in the movies that we were watching because of that podcast or for that podcast i was like oh i'm like i got more and more uh, comfortable with a horror movie. I'm still not there, but I'm right. still. I got w- much more comfortable. And then we just, you know, uh, David uh, Uyo was the the guy who uh, he's the, the point man for the yeah. podcast. Yeah. And I was just a co-host, but he was like, "Yeah, we just we don't have time." Like between your traveling and between, and then he's going back to school for his masters or whatever. And he's like, "I'm yeah, of course." No <laughs> but it's so, but that's my point. It's like it's a good it's a good thing and a bad thing. It's I love being busy and I love always working, but it sucks because I'm like, eh, I would like to do other things. You know? Of course. So you're just at, right now you're focusing on Woobro and Geekmore and Woobro and, Geek, and even Geekmore. Uh, we just put out uh, at the time of this recording, we just put out an episode two days ago, and that was the first episode in two months. Yeah, I know. And we went two months yeah. without it, and again, that's the longest we've ever we've done it for two and a half years and that's the longest we've ever gone without putting out an episode which sucks but again it's just life happens you of know? course yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah well before we get anything started the first thing we like to do here at child like at best is we like to take a flintstones vitamin okay so i have are those the chalky ones or are those no, the gummies these are the gummies oh <laughs> yeah that's not the same dude yeah, yeah. you want if you want to crush them and snort them like yeah, you used to when you were I know. four <laughs> i know the gummies do you know do, i'm sure you've talked about this a million times but when the original gummies came out i wonder who i'm getting here who's this guy is that dino 
Yes. Yes. All right. So I, I got I got Dino. So I don't, I'm sure you guys know this about the Flintstone uh, vitamins, but the mm-hmm. original Flintstone vitamins, there was no Betty Rubble. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Uh-huh. And the reason for that is because Betty and Wilma were the exact same shape. That's funny. And oh they my gosh. just they were, they were like they, nobody's gonna be able to tell who the hell was who anyway. Right. Because you remember the little chalky ones. Mm-hmm. You, there <laughs> yes. was just. It was just a shape of them, but those the two women are the exact same shape, so they didn't even make. Wow, uh, that's crazy! So, as you're taking that in, can you please let our listeners know where you grew up? Well, when I between the ages of three and a half, I came to this country when I was three and a half. I got smuggled in. That's a true story. Yeah, I got smuggled in, and I lived legally for a long time. Um, my whole family did. Uh, <laughs> I can't do anything about it now. We're legal fuckers. <laughs> um, but we uh, we lived in Streetwater, uh, mm-hmm. which is probably a block and a half away. Um, once you get over the A26 uh, that way. And uh, we lived in Streetwater, and, and my, which is a town in Miami, for those listeners not from South Florida. And uh, I grew up there until I was about eight or nine years old, and then we moved to the house that you're in right now. Okay. And so I like, uh, yeah, I want to say like at 10, 9, 10 years old, we moved into this house. And about eight, in August, it'll be nine years that my parents decided to retire, move back to Nicaragua, which is where I was born. Right. And they were from. And then I took over the mortgage payments uh, nine months, nine years ago. That's so, so interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Holy that's cow. It. So I live in the house that I that I grew up in since I was like 10, I think. I that's really 10. cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that. So when you were growing up, what kind of a kid would you say that you were in? Fat. Uh, <laughs> fat. Other than physically. No, I, uh, I was always, I was, you know, it's so funny. Like I've always... I made this joke. It was a t- total joke statement, but it, it was a, it rang true in the sense of like the overall gist of it, not the the bravado of what I'm about to say. But like five years ago, when I first started uh, Geek More, um, I you know people were like, "Oh, what kind of geek are you?" Like we that's our fir- very first episode. It was called "What's Up, Geek," and then we were like introducing ourselves, and there was four of us, and like, "What kind of geek are you?" And like, "Oh, I'm into this, and I'm into that." This is like, and one of them was like into. Uh, the role playing, like the wizards and shit that you yeah. do, larping, larping. That's yeah. what it is. Yeah, and so and then they asked me, and I again totally joking, but it kind of rings true. I was like, I was like the blade of geeks, and then like, how do you figure? <laughs> and I was like, because I never had the social awkwardness. I never, I was never the socially awkward kid. Um, I always had a good sense of humor, and people always thought I was funny. Uh, I'm not saying I'm funny. I'm saying people thought I was funny. Yeah, uh, and I was never the 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 socially awkward kid. However, I never shied away from from showing my passion for Superman and Wolverine and like all the superheroes before there were like you know before there were all these movies yeah and it, I grew up in that time where I was a kid in that time I'm uh, I'm 38 so when I was 10 years old I was it was 91 and it, there was you know what I mean like there wasn't this whole thing where it was like it was cool to be like of course yeah. it was like and I, I but I never shied away from it but I was never that socially awkward guy I was never that kid um, I always liked sports, but I was never good at them. Yeah. Uh, but I always played. I was never the for the sake of a, for the sake of a bit. I was never the last kid picked, okay. but I was never the first kid picked either. So sure. it was one of those just lost in the shuffle, class clown in school. But it's so funny because I was as much as I was a class clown, I was only I went to Braddock, which and when I graduated had our graduating class was like fifteen hundred kids. And so the, the school itself had like over 5,000. I remember it was over 5,000 students. Wow. And the graduating class itself was like maybe thirteen or 1,500, something along those lines. My point of saying all this was I was only funny to the people who had me in the class. 
Okay. If you had me in a class, you knew who I was. If you never had me in a class, you don't know who the fuck I was because it's 1,500 kids. Right. So to be popular, you had to do something. You're doing the road. You're Yeah. You're like... <laughs> You're either you're either you're either an athlete or yeah. you're popular for some other reason, but it's never, it was never just a random kid who's just you know, for, you know, I I I literally I was a C student and just get by and I was <laughs> yeah. my entire life like that's like how I was like what's the minimum I can do that I could you know have any kind of work ethic? Oh, uh, C, yeah, I'll pass if you if you, yeah yeah, but you could be better. And I'm like yeah, nah, fuck that. <laughs> Did you ever do like band or? acting I, like it's that? so funny because uh i did band one time in seventh grade i was in band and i played the trumpet mm-hmm. and i ne- again this is one of those things where um i never put any effort into it into anything any- anything like I, I i just i put in i thought it would just come naturally to me like I, I thought things would just come naturally to me and nothing came natural to me except making people laugh but nothing else like I, I they gave me a trumpet and they're like you gotta practice and I was like I'm not practicing like, you gotta go home and practice I'm not practicing at home that's fucking crazy I'll do whatever you need me to do during class right after class I'm not doing anything else and that's kind of the way I was with even even uh, scholastically I was oh I always got C's because I paid attention in class and I grasped things rather quickly. But then when it came down to do homework, I'm like, I'm not fucking doing homework. I'm not yeah. going to go home and study the fuck out of here. So if the test was 50% classwork and 50% homework, then it was, I got C's. Yeah. Right, that's, that's when I would do well. There, there were times where like, this home, this test is based upon the homework that we gave you this week. I was like, oh, I'm not, I'm not doing well this test. This is not going to be a good <laughs> test for me. But when it came to band, I did band in seventh grade. Um, I tried out for eighth grade band, but you had for jazz band, but you had to you had to audition. Yeah, and I fucking ate it. <laughs> like it was bad. Like they were trying to hide the people you audition for are current jazz players and the music teacher. Yeah, and Holy they God. it was a it was hard for them not to put not to not to show on their face how bad it was. It was oh a gosh. fucking atrocity. And I'm like I'm not. And then you would hear in the waiting room for the audition, you would hear the other people, right? And you would hear how good they are. I'm like, fuck, dude. I'm not. <laughs> not. And just never put. Here's the thing. I never put in the effort. Yeah. And I was a king of potential. Like, I was that kid where my entire scholastic career, every teacher I ever had was like, you have so much potential. And you're just clowning around. You have so much potential. And I'm like, I don't. And I didn't get what that meant. I never understood what that meant. I just meant. I thought, I, I thought that meant I'm good. Right. And then, like, you have potential. You just don't put any effort. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not putting any effort. None <laughs> yeah. whatsoever. That sounds very familiar. But I wish myself. I would have done theater. I wish yeah. I would have done theater. Um, one time in fifth grade, um, whenever my the teacher that we had was very into drama. Uh-huh. I guess she was a drama teacher, but she wasn't a drama teacher. She was a fifth grade teacher. But she herself was into drama, so she would put us into, like, all these plays that we would do for school for class just for class just for our class mm-hmm. and i i like i loved it i excelled in all of it i did it i did it well in him i like i was it and, but i never i when it came to like high school and it was like oh there's a drama club or high, even junior high the drama club i i never participated i never got into anything the okay. only thing i did extracurricular was wrestling okay when i was in seventh and eighth grade and that was it and i did really well uh and then when i got to ninth grade I hadn't hit my growth spurt. I wasn't a tiny kid, but I wasn't a big kid. Yeah. But I was always fat. So the people that weighed the same that I weighed in ninth grade were way fucking bigger. These mm-hmm. are like real fucking, like what I call like real, like they were adults almost. Right. They, they, or they looked like adults compared to my fat short kid, you know, whatever. So, 
But I, I wish I would have done drama. I wish I would have done drama. Yeah. That would have been a whole different bargain for me. Man, speaking of wrestling, that actually reminded me, I don't think I've ever shared this on this podcast, but when I was in 11th and 12th grade, I told myself, I'm going to try a little bit of everything so that way I could say I tried it. Like that right, kind of right, right, right. And so I did wrestling, and I remember I only did one match before I quit. <laughs> and I did one match. This guy. I'm assuming you did not win. Oh, no. Yeah. Actually, did technically, you... yes, technically, but I didn't. And I'll tell you why. The reason why I won was because the guy just like trampled me. Like his entire like 250 pound body yeah. was on top of my chest. Right. And I couldn't find a way to get it to get out. So I just punched him in the nuts. Oh, shit. And, and he cursed. And I went to a Christian school. Oh, boy. And cursing would just get you eliminated. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> so you, yeah, yeah. Oh, and, and they didn't see the dump punch. No. They didn't see the dump punch. They didn't. That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. That's so hilarious. That's the only wrestling story I remember. That's fantastic. <laughs> I was like, this guy weighs a lot. Let me yeah. punch him in the nuts. Exactly. That's the only thing. I have in a fight is punching or kicking you in the nuts. That's hey, all say I what you will about Mike, but if you go upon him, you know he's got that nut punch ready yeah. to go, locked and loaded, buddy. <laughs> exactly. That's hilarious. <laughs> so I want to kind of move on. When you went into, like, when you went home, what were the things that you were into? What were your earliest fandoms? You talked a little bit about being a Superman fan, yeah. things like that. I I was uh, always into uh, anything cartoony, like superheroes, anything cartoon. Um, uh. Um, anime wasn't a thing back then, at least here in the states. Yeah, so I wasn't into that. But um, anything that was animated, and I was always, I've always been into movies. Like always, yeah, been very into movies. Uh, from an early age, you know, I would just sit there and watch an entire movie, and then rewind it and watch it again, and do that back and forth. But I've always been into movies. I've always enjoyed movies. Uh, TV, TV as well. Um, because back then, it, you know, we did, we were always like late. We were always late. Uh, my family didn't have a lot of money, mm. so we were always late to getting the newest technology. Sure. So if there was, so we had VHS when everybody else had DVD. Yeah. And and so it was always one of those things where I would watch movies, but I was always if you rented them, we could. Oh, I worked at Blockbuster when I was sixteen. Nice. Yeah, I worked, that was my favorite job. Of I think course. That's I, if, if I get job. if I could make if I could make eighty grand a year doing blockbuster i would fucking do that now i i really think i would i would heavily consider my comedy career yeah reconsider my comedy career if i could make 80 grand doing blockbuster i'm like fuck i don't know if I could. but uh so i would watch a lot of movies and tv movies and tv were a lot of i used to be able to tell the time of the day like i used to be able to i knew what time of day it was because i knew the tv schedule that's nuts because when you're watching tv as a kid and you're six seven years old eight years old as a kid and the you watch the commercials and then and then I guess commercials kids back then we used to watch commercials we yeah. didn't stream shit yeah it was you all skip yeah ads. you couldn't skip ads <laughs> so then when you're watching TV and there would be like uh, Chippendale on uh, at two thirty on after you know Darkwing Duck or whatever right. and then so I would know oh Chippendale starting at two thirty yeah but I couldn't I couldn't read the clock. It was, I was like six years old. I couldn't read the clock. I can't tell you what time it is. I don't know about little hand, big hand. I don't know that yet. But I know it's two thirty. I know it's around two thirty, and it's not three o'clock yet because Darkwing Duck hasn't started, but uh, Chippendale has. So <laughs> I was amazing. able to fucking tell the time. That's how much TV I watched. I watched That's a amazing. lot of fucking TV. Yeah, so you didn't yeah. even call them numbers. Like you were like, oh, it's it's halfway between Darkwing Duck yeah. and Chippendale. <laughs> and I knew like like. And then my mom had different jobs growing up. Uh, when I was growing up, she had different jobs. So I at some point in time I would know 
like, oh, she gets home after family matters. So okay. I have, you know what I mean? Like, oh, she she gets home after, or or my dad gets home. It's my dad had the most consistent. He he had a he worked at Brinks for like eighteen years. Okay. Uh, and so he would wake up at three o'clock in the morning. I would go days without seeing him because he oh, would gosh. wake up at three o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Go to work uh at four uh to be there at five, and then he wouldn't come home until like eight nine o'clock at night. So I would literally see him. He would eat dinner and then go to sleep. Like that was his routine. We did that for years. Wow. It's funny because when I started doing comedy and I started having kids. And my road, my road, you know, the road takes you away from home. I had that say, I had that thought. I was like, I, I didn't see when I was a kid. My dad worked six days a week, you know, eighteen hour days, and I never saw him during the week. And I was fine, like I'm, you know, me and my dad still have a good relationship. We, I was never like, you were never there for me. I was right, never right. that guy. So I'm like, that's what led me believe that I could do this with kids. I'm like, I could have this career because it, my, I, was, I basically didn't see my dad all day. And I, I FaceTime my kids now and all this stuff there. But um, so, yeah, I was able a TV. I would say TV, movies. That's what I was into. I was into. What were some of your favorites? Uh, growing. Well, you know, it's funny. One of the first movies I remember, the first movie I knew, I, I know for a fact that I saw in theaters. Mm-hmm. Uh, was a double was a was I saw half of two movies. Okay. Because my brothers went to go see uh, Friday the Third. Uh, they went to go see Nightmare on Elm Street, and I believe it was part four. Okay. Uh, I believe. Um, but that same year, Rambo three came out. Okay. So I went to go see Rambo three. I'm like, I'm a huge Rambo nut. Mm-hmm. Uh, used even then, and I was like, I'm gonna go see Rambo. And my brothers, who are older than me, were like, Okay, yeah, you go see Rambo. And I was like, great. So I went to the movie to see Rambo, got through half of the movie before I realized, holy shit, I'm fucking alone. And now the fear set in because uh, however old I was, we we could look up uh, what year Rambo 3 came out and I'll tell you exactly how old I was. But I was in the movie theater and and then I got scared. So then an usher came and goes, "Uh, where are your parents? I go, I'm here with my, my brothers, but they want to go see Freddy. So they took me into the movie theater, and my brother's like, oh, he's... So I saw the second half of Nightmare on Elm Street, and I believe it was the dream child, if I'm not mistaken. Right. Uh, but it was... Let me see here. Uh, 88. So I was seven years old. Wow. Yeah, that was the first movie I saw in theaters. It was Rambo 3. It's kind of crazy that no one... Well, I mean, you said an usher came by and said, where are your parents? Yeah, I was <laughs> but... screaming, yelling, ah! Yeah, I was yeah. Because I was because uh, that's not something that flies anymore. Like, oh, you can't do that. And yeah. then and then if I was seven years old, my oldest brother was eight, nine, ten, 11, was twelve. Yeah. So I literally Definitely had I, I was a seven year old, and then my two older brothers were nine and twelve. And if you do that nowadays, if a seven year old cries and goes, "Well, my older brothers are in, are in Nightmare on Elm Street." And they're like, oh, you're nine and twelve. All three of you get the fuck out. Like exactly. it's, it would not, that would not fly. That would yeah. not be a thing. But that's what you know. In the '88, man, what are you gonna do? Yeah, yeah. That was the first so movie crazy. I saw in theaters. Uh, but I remember one of the first movies I rewatched over and over again, aside from the Rocky movies. I remember was Teen Wolf. Oh yeah. And I just course. I would fast forward just to get to the Teen Wolf part, just to get to the wolf yeah. part. I'm like, I just want to <laughs> see the fucking wolf, man. I just want to yeah. see the wolf. Uh, my sister. Uh, when I was like six years old, she would watch Dirty Dancing on repeat. We, she would rent it, watch it as much as she could for three days, return it, and re-rent it right then and there. That's and crazy. then it would be one of those things. And I would, because I'm the youngest in my family, I would be forced to watch. I only watch TV when either A, they're watching TV and I watch whatever they watch, uh-huh. or B, they're not watching TV for whatever reason and I get to watch TV. That's how I, as a kid, was able to sit through movies. I do that with my kids now. Like, I'll, I'll watch, like, movies that are not necessarily kid movies, but they're not bad for kids either. Yeah. Right? So, I'm, you know, if, my, if I, have a, I have a five-year-old, 
I, and I would literally sit there and watch uh, watch Jumanji. And like that's not really for five-year-olds. Yeah. But it's not like horrible for five-year-olds either. Right. That's true. And so I'm just trying to get him used to watching movies that are not animated. Yeah. Because he, he specifically has a harder time with that. He's like, not animated. I think I'm going <laughs> to take a nap. And I'm like, fuck you. Come on, man. Watch it. And he's like, it's not a cartoon. I'm fucking going to take a nap. You watch it. So, yeah, yeah. That's great. Oh, my gosh. So... Big Rambo fan. Uh, what about TV? Like, what were your... I mean, obviously, I would think the TGIF lineup. The TGIF like lineup was definitely there. Uh, the the um, Gummy Bears, I remember yeah. vividly watching uh, a lot of Gummy Bears, Darkwing Duck, uh, DuckTales. Uh, woo! Woo-hoo. Yeah, fantastic. <laughs> I love that show. Like, it's such a good show. It's still good. It's, I don't, I'm not a, the biggest fan of the new one, to be honest with you. The new DuckTales, I'm okay. I'm not, I don't dislike it. Right. So I'm not going to be like that old man yelling at clouds like, you, you <laughs> fucked up my childhood. It's different right. than what I remember. I like certain things about it, but I, I know this is going to sound stupid. I kind of don't like the fact that uh, the three Huey, Louie, and, du- Huey, Louie, and Dewey, I don't uh-huh. like the fact that all three don't look the same. Yeah. And I'm like, uh, <laughs> I, I know it's not stupid. And then uh, I did a, my my daughter and I got into an argument because last year when they were about to re-release Darkwing Duck, yeah, they posted a backdoor pilot through the new Ducktales. Oh wow! And so uh, yeah, one of the episodes of Ducktales was the backdoor pilot for Darkwing Duck for the new, for the new Darkwing Duck. And she's telling me what Darkwing Duck, yeah, he's an actor. And I'm like, no, he's not. And so I'm like yeah. going, because I'm remembering my Darkwing Duck. And she's like, no, he's an actor. And then, and then he doesn't know. And I'm like, what the fuck are you talking Like, right. I was just like, you know, and uh, yeah. Turn, and then she she put the episode on. I'm like, oh, yeah, no, they killed that shit for you. All right, never yeah. mind. I'm sorry. <laughs> my fault. I didn't know I that. Haven't I haven't seen it. Is it on Disney Plus? It, it should be. I'm, I'm assuming it's yeah. on Disney Plus. I mean, I everything's on Disney yeah, Plus, everything's right? everything's on Disney Plus. <laughs> but I haven't even taken a look into it. Uh, and it came out last year. So there, you, yeah, I, sh- I should start binging that just to be able yeah. to catch up on but it was a cool, cool premise. It was just vastly different than what I grew up on. So of I was course. like, I don't know what the fuck you think of this yet. But I haven't seen a full episode yet. Yeah, the old Darkwing Duck was very Batman esque. Yeah, you know? yeah, that's what it was. It, it was but it was like a, but it was like a Batman that didn't know what the fuck he was doing. Exactly. It was. Yeah, yeah. Also, around the 80s and 90s was also the time when Disney was okay with being a little darker. So they had, like, gargoyles. And definitely not PC, man. Yes. Like, can we talk about the fact that there's a kid, there's a character in DuckTales named Doofus? Yeah. His fucking name is Doofus, and he's a fucking Doofus. Like, do you understand? Can you imagine nowadays, can you imagine the PC police? Like, there's a children's cartoon, and one of the characters' name is Idiot? Like, you can't fucking... I mean, think about it like this, dude. In Growing Pains, uh, Kirk Cameron's friend was named Boner. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I was always weird. Even back then, I was like, why the fuck is his name Boner? Like, I don't even understand. He hung himself. Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah. No, not not in the show, in real life. No, I know, in real life. He hung from his Boner. That was weird. <laughs> From his dick, he was like, "Oh my god!" Yeah, it was that's very crazy. weird. I was that like, is really weird, huh? Yeah, and that's where all of his—that's where he where he could breathe and yeah, everything was the whole thing. His whole his whole his life force was through his dick. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this episode of Childlike at Best with Mike Valdez is brought to you by Real Good Foods. I am so excited to announce that Real Good Foods has launched their very first dessert item. Ice cream. Real Good Ice Cream is the first ever super premium, better for you ice cream. It's extra creamy, so there's no icy or chalky texture like other light ice creams, 
making it a real ice cream experience with real ingredients. Only 180 calories and 4 grams of sugar per serving. Real good ice cream is sweetened by using allulose, which isn't like regular sugar. It's a naturally occurring rare sweetener found in figs, dates, and maple syrup. Ultimately, it has one-tenth the calories of cane sugar, which means it won't spike your blood sugar levels. Real Good Ice Cream comes in a variety of flavors, and starting today, they can be found at realgoodfoods.com and The Vitamin Shop. And guess what? Real Good Foods is giving all Childlike at Best listeners a discount code that'll make us all scream for ice cream. Visit realgoodfoods.com, choose as many of your favorite items, and use promo code BESTIE at checkout. That's B-E-S-T-I-E at checkout to receive 15% off your order. Real good foods. Keep it real. So just to move on to the next bit, what were some of your favorite snacks growing up? See, here's the thing. Uh, As fat as I was, my family, we were broke, right? And uh, I learned this later. I found this out later. We didn't have a lot of snacks growing up. A lot of our snacks were very uh snacks from our country from nicaragua Mm -hmm. um so but even then there weren't like a ton of different things we never i never ever had potato chips in the house ever dude i'm talking about ever that's crazy we it's funny because right now we ordered pizza for for dinner because my my wife had to go do her nails i'm like i'll just order pizza right i'm not gonna fucking cook for these kids uh give them healthy (laughs) shit are you out of your mind um But it's so funny because our my family, I could tell you throughout my entire childhood from the age of, you know, birth to I was 18, um, I could tell you I, we maybe, maybe order pizza maybe five times. Right. And that's fucking stretching it just to make sure I don't, we never, we didn't order pizza. We didn't fucking, my mom cooked. She cooked home home meals uh, every day. They weren't, the health, they weren't healthy home meals. They were fucking, right. you know, it's, uh, if you, go to Fritanga, see all that. That's not healthy yeah. food. Mm-hmm. But it's, my, it's homemade and we never had potato chips. We never had anything like that. So as far as snacks were concerned, we, we did have cereal, which everybody, which no matter what cereal you got, it was cornflake. Yeah, that's that's, that's every Hispanic household is conflate. That's so true. That's, um, <laughs> so we had cereal. Uh, we had um, my snacks. Oh, this is this will be this is disgusting. So this is not <laughs> a snack that I had as a kid. I shit you the fuck not. I would get two slices of bread, and on each slice of bread, put about an eighth inch of fucking butter. Just oh fucking butter, and then that I, and I would have butter sandwiches. <laughs> and it was just fucking butter where it was like, and my mom would be like, you can't have that. That's fattening. I'm like, it's so tasty. It's delicious. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, what does she know? Look at me now. Uh, <laughs> but it's, it was, I had butter sandwiches. I told a story to my wife once and she, you know what sandwiches she had? I swear to God, this is, she would have rice sandwiches. She would put cooked rice in between two slices. Of, I'm like, so you just had carbs on top yeah, of carbs? Like, exactly. that's crazy. Yeah. And she was like, it was delicious. And I was like, no. Nah. So my shit was butter and then cream cheese. If we had cream cheese in the house, yeah. I would make cream cheese sandwiches. Yeah, that sounds about like something I would do as well. When I was, like, the last two years of, like, 16 and 17, right? I graduated high school when I was 17. Not that I was smart, just that my mom fucking lied about my birthday. Uh, and uh, the last two years, every day after school, I would go to my best friend's house, right? Uh, she would live a, she lived a block, like a half a block away from here. And we would go to her house, and her parents didn't get home until 
like five o'clock in the afternoon, whatever. We got out of school at two thirty, man. So yeah. they, her parents were coming home at six o'clock, and we they she, she they just had boatloads of snacks. Yeah. So those two years were my fucking snacking years <laughs> because we never had like they had. Or- I learned to like Oreos. I didn't like Oreos at first, really? but I learned. But I had so many of them at her house that I fucking loved them. Yeah. And that's where I learned to love <laughs> Oreos is fucking at Marisol's house. Um, Oreos. Uh, we actually did this thing where they do it now. Like if you go, I don't know if you've ever eaten at uh, um, Night Owl, the cookie place. No, I it's haven't. Night Owl. It's like a gourmet cookies. It's pretty fucking amazing. They they that make sounds pretty, incredible. They make pretty great things. So they have this there, but. Her and I, in 1997, tried this. Where we would just, you know, you just concoct a bunch of shit. Like, let's see what we can make. Right. And we, I thought, because we would have cereal, I thought, wouldn't it be great to be able to have the milk that tastes like the cereal but not have the cereal? And so in 97, we did this thing where we blended Cinnamon Toast Crunch Back when they still had the three chefs, I don't know where the fuck this thing came when only one chef took over. Yeah. Uh, but uh, we were, we blended the milk and then we had to strain it, right? But we had to learn that because first we just blended it and we like just put all uh, we just drank that and it was like the clumps still came in at the end, like it was right. one of those things. Then we had to learn to strain it. And now if you go to if you order from Night Owl, which again they are delicious and they're not a fucking sponsor, but they should be. Yeah, they should. Um, be. They have cinnamon toast crunch milk. That is so smart. Fucking ninety-seven. How are they not billionaires? Yeah, well, he's he's. And how he's, are you not yeah. seeing them? Oh my god, it's so amazing. <laughs> I also think I'm the one that invented blonde Oreos, the white, the the yellow Oreos, the <laughs> go, the golden Oreos. Yeah, yeah, because like in two thousand two, I was like, you know what they should do? They should have, and I called it the inside out Oreo. Okay. I, I was like, we, they should have the inside out Oreo where the cookie is vanilla and the and the filling is is chocolate. And now they fucking they have they call it Oops the Oops right, Oreo. Right. And yeah. I'm like, oh fuck you! Like, but 2001, <laughs> that was my shit. I put it out in existence, man. That's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. So uh, we talked a little bit about cereal. Uh, what were other than cornflakes? Like, what other cereals did you like? We talked about cinnamon toast. Cinnamon crunch. toast crunch was uh, I would probably say, but. Ca- uh, Captain Crunch, yeah, to me was the fucking end all be all. It never screwed up the it, roof of your mouth, and always, yeah. every <laughs> single fucking time, those Crunchberries yeah. just were fucking razor blades on the roof of your mouth, <laughs> and that's how delicious those that fucking cereal is. That even with the taste of blood running down your mouth, down your fucking throat and esophagus, you're like this cinnamon, this fucking Captain Crunch is amazing. That's, that's why he never funny. made it to Colonel. He was such a dick. He never yes. fucking made it to Colonel. <laughs> Cutting up the fucking roof of your mouth every single time, bro. I love it. I love Captain Crunch. Captain Crunch, Crunch Berries. I did not. I was not a fan of the of the one where it was all Crunch Berries. They, the oops, uh, all berries. Yeah, I, I'm not. No, I wasn't a fan of that. Yeah, I don't think I've ever had that one because it just doesn't had seem a, all that great. I had it one time. Yeah, that's like literally like we have yeah. just the razor blades. Yeah, we don't have any of the cereal. We have just the razor blades. Oops, all razor yeah, blades. Oops, all razor blades. <laughs> uh, so I've only had it once, and I was like, nah, this is not good. But uh, when I was a kid, it was Crunch Berries. I would grew. I you know like when I my early, you know eight, nine, ten years old, it was the Crunch Berries. And then when I was like twelve, thirteen, I was like, nah. The original Captain Crunch is fucking better. Dude. Oh yeah, yeah. Of course. Did you ever have the peanut butter Captain Crunch? Of course I did, man. Yeah, man. Yeah. You're talking to somebody who has a cereal podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it was really good. So Captain Crunch was was my shit. Let me see, cinnamon toast crunch. You know what I liked, and I, I did, we never had it in in our house. But when I would get it in school, 
it would be great was fucking Apple Jacks. Oh, yeah. But we never had it in my house. We never bought that. Again, my parents didn't buy a lot of shit. And a lot of times, Captain Crisp was one of the only things that we were able to buy that was name brand. Okay. Because a lot of times, if we would just get cornflakes or, or Frosted Flakes, we would get the one with the bag. Oh, yeah. The bottom, Us, yeah. too. Yeah, yeah. The, bottom, the bottom shelf. Mm-hmm. Uh, we would get that. And I, I never really cared. I was Neither never like I, yeah. I was never Tastes like the same. Yeah, but I was yeah, I was never like I was never like, oh no, that's not I was never embarrassed. You know, I I seen I've seen kids who were like, Oh, my mom Yeah, I've seen people talk about their childhood and they're like, Well, yeah, we had the poor we really had I'm like, I don't give a fuck about any of that. <laughs> the fucking cereal is delicious. I'm always just because I'm always like I, even now to this day, I'm always very, very taste based. Yeah. So uh, I don't drink alcohol. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm 38. I don't drink. And people go, oh, is it a religious thing? I go, no, I just don't like the taste of alcohol. Right. Like, I'm a fat dude. I like yeah. I, it's, Everything is taste-based. So mm-hmm. that that's where I, where I go with. Right? That's very accurate. Also, going back to talking about bag cereals, have you ever had dino berries? No. What's it's, that? Is that, cap, is that crunch berries? It's like the crunch berry Captain Crunch in a bag. And, like, for three bucks, you get, like, a year's supply of cereal. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> well, challenge accepted. <laughs> Challenge accepted. How about one meal? What, what did you have? What, what, that, that Jason Siegel, remember that bowl from, yeah. uh, from Forgetting fuck, Sir from Marshall? Sir Marshall, where he put the whole fucking cereal bowl yeah. in? So, you know when he did that? I was like, son of a bitch, that's so smart. Dude, it that cuts was... the trips back and forth. It cuts. You don't have to keep going back and forth to the fucking fridge <laughs> to keep getting more, man. Yeah, that's a clutch cereal move when you're breaking up with yeah. somebody. Oh my God. <laughs> I can't wait to get divorced just to have the cereal. <laughs> Just to have the moment of cereal where you go, oh, finally, nobody judges me for this. Yeah. What were, what were your cereals? Dude, I it's funny. I like all of them. Yeah. Like, there's no real... No, you don't like fucking fiber. What was that fiber one? Was that... Uh... Raisin Bran? No, that was the other one. Um... I mean, I don't like... If it has like a... Grape nuts. Bo- Look, dude, if it, has, <laughs> if it has a Bible verse and a picture of a farm, I'm not eating yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> like... <laughs> Grape nuts. You know, do you know Forrest Shaw? Yeah, of uh, course. So I mean, I don't know him personally. Yeah, but. Forrest Shaw we, and I, we started together. We started stand up together at the same time. And we had this conversation about cereal one time. We were doing a writer's meeting, and it was me, him, fucking Al Jackson, Only Perez, or a bunch of us. And then we started talking about what if, and he fucking, his mom was a hippie, hence the name Forrest. Right. And uh, his mom would give him. Uh, um, What's the one I just mentioned? Fuck. Grape nuts. Grape nuts. Yeah. And he he was like, I don't like this. And she was like, it's delicious. And she was like, mm, no, not really. <laughs> but he never had the sugary cereals growing up. Man, that's when he was a kid because his mom was a a hippie and she, like she grew her own vegetables and all that type of shit. The ones that I definitely remember loving when I was a kid were always novelty cereals. So like Batman Returns cereal and like okay. Ninja Turtle yeah, yeah, cereal, yeah, yeah. things like that, which. I do remember having this. I do remember. I don't. Here's the thing. You know, your memory gets like mumbled up, and you don't remember. I don't know if it was in my house, uh, or if I just saw it on TV so much that I thought that now I think it was in my house. Yeah. But uh, NES cereal. Oh yeah. Where it was half NES and half uh, Duck Hunt. Was it Duck Hunt? Yeah, yeah. I think I, I again. I don't remember even having it, but I think it was either in my house or maybe I just saw the commercial so many fucking times <laughs> right. as a kid that I think that I grew up with it, but I don't. I don't know if I did. Yeah, I I've definitely seen that like on the internet and stuff, and I know there's like 
I, and the Goldbergs, they have it. Yeah, and the Goldbergs, they have yeah. it. And they also, I mean, they have a, a bunch of other ones where, like, the concept was that one, it's like one half is this flavor, yeah. one half is the other. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. did a, a nerd cereal that oh, was I remember similar. That. I remember that. Yeah. I don't so, know if that went over well. Sour does not good know. Google cereal. Dude, we reviewed Sour Patch Kids cereal Did you? on this podcast. Oh, shit. And it's how awful. gross is that yeah how it's, gross is that who in the world wants that's, that that's fucking gross <laughs> like, <laughs> like i don't understand like i was like why like i was first of all i i can't believe that i was dumb enough to not think it would be sour you know what i mean <laughs> you know here's the thing man i'm kind of with you i know it sounds dumb but you don't really think about it like it's a cereal exactly they'll change up the formula at some point just to make it good for cereal right um i had the same scenario the first time i i was on the road and uh, driving to uh, a club in Marco Island. Now it's in Naples. They moved to Naples. But when you go down Alligator Alley, yeah, uh, they have we. There was like massive traffic. So me and Dave Williamson were like, we're gonna just stop by, and this place by Mikisuki. Mm-hmm. And that was the first time I ever had alligator, and it was had alligator bites. And I was like, oh, alligator! I've never had alligator. I'll tell you. And for some fucking reason, I never stopped to think, hey, this is gonna taste fishy, right? Because they live in the fucking water. Of course. I didn't fucking stop and think about that. I'm like, it's probably going to taste like chicken. No, no, it tastes like fucking fish. Exactly. Because they live in the water, asshole. Like that's, I'm like, oh, I should. But the first time I bit, and I don't, here's the thing, I don't like seafood. Right. So oh, when okay. I bit into it, I was like, oh, this kind of tastes like fish. And fucking Dave was like, yeah, <laughs> they're in the fucking water. Like, what do you think it was going to taste like? I'm like, I don't know. That was going to taste like chicken. And I, there was like stray cats around, and I just gave it to stray cats, and they fucking <laughs> loved it. They fucking, it was like little fish nuggets. Like it that's was, awesome. yeah. But the same thing, man. Sour, yes, uh, sour patch cereal. You would, for some reason, you. Are, I think it's okay for you to not realize it's gonna be sour, right? Because for some reason, you you could still think to yourself, yes, it's called sour patch, but I'm sure they're gonna do. They're going to fuck with the formula so they can... Right, you know. and dude, thank God we don't review cereal on this podcast with milk. Why in the world would you want sour milk? Oh, you didn't even have it with milk? No. Oh, dude, you got <laughs> you got to have it with milk, bro. I mean... What you... if that was the fucking magic ingredient that made it taste good, bro? <laughs> what if it was? Like, I what doubt it. Sour but... milk, right? <laughs> Who doesn't want sour milk? Who doesn't let the milk car and sit there for six months before you drink it? Come on, man. Everybody wants sour milk. Oh, my God. If it's not clumpy, I don't want none of it. <laughs> Fucking gross. Oh my god, that's disgusting. That's fucking gross, man. Okay, so I want to move on into our next bit where every episode we like to review a cereal. Right. And I usually like to get a cereal that has something to do with my guest in some way, shape, or form. Yes, we have uh, (laughs) Kellogg's Fat Guy. (laughs) Just bowls of. You know which one I never had? My mom never would let me have, but I would always want is Cookie Crisp. Really? Yeah, I never had that as a kid growing up, and it wasn't until I was like very much an adult, but twenties in my twenties, that I took like a fistful of Cookie Crisp and I tasted. It. I'm like, this is literally just chocolate chip cookies. Right. It's not a serialized version of chocolate chip cookies. It's actual mini chocolate chip cookies. Yeah. Completely understand why my mom never let me have that shit. I mean, I'll be honest with you. We also just uh, reviewed Chips Ahoy cereal, right? Even more so, yeah. It's cookie Crisp. Yeah, it's, it's... <laughs> you might as well just put Chips Ahoy cookies inside of your cereal bowl. I and mean, put milk in it. I don't understand <laughs> why. I don't like. First of all, how are they not billionaires? How are they not I, the, I after? Know. Because every kid should fucking want that, right? That's right. every kid's dream. 
do you want cookies or do you want cereal? Well, can I have cookies with milk? Yeah, that's a cereal. Fuck it, let's do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, why, why don't we do that? All right. That's great. So what would you pick? What'd you so get? the cereal that I have for you, well, first of all, before I go on, I need to say this. Uh, I spoke with my sponsors over at Funko. Now, by sponsor, I mean that I like them and I enjoy their products. And as clearly you do as well, uh, we're in a, a, bit. a, a Funko bit. warehouse right now. Um <laughs> But, I have a lot of Funko. So the listeners, I have a lot of Funko. Yeah. And I'm literally wearing a Funko t-shirt. Exactly. I, I didn't even know that they were your sponsor. That's fantastic. They're, I love it. I love it. They're not my sponsor. Uh, <laughs> because when I say that I spoke to them, I it means I tweeted them repeatedly and they didn't get back to me. <laughs> so the cereal that I got for you is Funko brand Miguel cereal. Oh, I love that, dude. Yeah. yeah. What is one of my favorites. So I, yeah, yeah, I listen to Geek More right. a lot. And you guys had your top pixar films and right. obviously one of the winners of it was was coco coco was great man exactly and also you're a comedian so clearly you're dead inside absolutely so yeah no this soul. is just a perfect no soul <laughs> cereal yeah, that's fantastic <laughs> and i'm hispanic so it yeah, makes fucking sense exactly. yeah yeah totally that's great on man thanks that's yeah, fucking great are we gonna course. taste that yes yeah, we yeah. are absolutely man what did you think this was yeah <laughs> so i'm going to open this box and pour it into my reptar cereal bowl i'll try to mic it so all the asmr weirdos can loop it and make it their ringtone or whatever it is that they do <laughs> is that so, what is that what they do is that I has anybody tweeted you like oh i just when you uh, over that cereal box <laughs> i'm sure put it to the mic you gotta, put it gotta to the be mic. yeah there it is oh boy that was a good one yeah. so they're orange um, oh, they are orange. Man, they're bright orange. Yeah. Why are absolutely. they bright orange? What's he? Is, was he orange? He wasn't orange. There's nothing orange about him. He's in a red fucking hoodie. Why can't you make it red? He's white face. Why can't you make it white? I'll be honest, man. If there's something ab- about Funko cereal that I can say, it's that they don't always get the colors right <laughs> for, for the cereal. So it also comes with a cereal prize, which is a little tiny Miguel for you Mm. Uh, so you have that now it would be fun to review this cereal but i think it would be more fun to review this cereal as miguel oh so what i'm gonna do is i'm going to find some coco music here (laughs) (laughs) this is perfect so whenever you're ready if you want i'll play the abuelita so um Oye, Coquito, ah, ah, coge el cereal porque Santa Claus no viene a la casa. Like, <laughs> I just want to play music. I want to play music. I don't want to eat cereal. He was a bit of a brat. A little bit. <laughs> it's not great. Yeah. It's not great. Here's the thing. You got to have it. I think you got to have this one with milk. Bro. I'm not going to have it with milk. I'm not going to mess up your bowl, but... Uh, it's not the greatest thing. It's not. It's weird. It's here. Have some, you gonna, did you have some? Oh yeah. Well, here's the thing, Neri. Uh, I've had many Funko cereals, and with all that, you start to realize that they all taste exactly the same. Do they? So yeah. You know which one I had? I don't know. I don't think it was Funko. Is it still up here? I had the Batman versus Superman one, where it came in two different flavors. Yeah. Where it was like the Batman one came in chocolate, and the Superman one, or vice versa. I forget which is which. Right. And the, and I had uh, I bought two boxes, one to never open and one to have as an actual cereal. Yeah, of course. And it tasted so bad, I didn't even open. I was like, I don't want nothing to do with this fucking cereal anymore. Oh my god! Yeah, and I'm a huge Superman fan, but I was like, I'm not this. No, I'm not gonna do this. <laughs> my stomach has nothing to do with my fucking taste. So, just just so we can finish here, what do you think? What would Coco say about this cereal? 
I think he. What would Miguel say about Miguel this? Miguel or Coco? What would Coco. Coco? Coco? What would Joey Coco Diaz say about well, this? Well, no, Coco was a Coco was a grandma. Coco was the, his grandma's name yeah. or his great grandmother, not his grandma. His great grandma's name was Coco. Right. I think Miguel um, would say, um, eh, "Prefiero tortillas." Uh, <laughs> that's very accurate. That's, I think that's a very that's accurate. Extremely thing. accurate. Miguel from Coco Cereal, ladies and gentlemen. This episode of Childlike at Best with Mike Valdez is brought to you by The Crunch Cup. Save time in the morning by taking your cereal on the go. Simply add cereal to the inner cup, milk into the outer cup, screw on the lid, and you're ready to crunch. Eat cereal in the car, at your desk, or anywhere else you want. Go to thecrunchcup.com to purchase what I think is a genius invention and use the discount code MikeValdez10. That's Mike, M-I-K-E, Valdez, V-A-L-D-E-S, the number 10, to save 10% off of your order. You can also sign up for their monthly giveaway to win a year's supply of cereal. So what are you waiting for? Go to thecrunchcup.com and use promo code MikeValdez10 to save 10% off of your order. The Crunch Cup, it's better than spooning. I kind of want to move on into... What you're doing now, obviously, you're a stand-up comedian. You're very great at it. Um, oh, thank we, you. Yeah, absolutely. We met. We actually met at SuperCon, Correct. which is really awesome. Yeah. And I had, yeah, I had the privilege of being on a show with you. And so I, I just want to know what inspired you to start, and when did you start? Like that kind of the thing. origin story. Exactly. I look, man. Um, so I started. I've been doing it now 16 years. Uh, so I believe it was 2003, if I'm not mistaken. And it was September 13th, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, yeah, I think so. And the reason I started, right, for two years before I ever did stand-up, I worked, uh, I was, not that I, for two years before I ever did stand-up, I had coworkers constantly telling me, you should do stand-up. Because I would just have them laughing in the break room or just eating shit. I'm like, dude, those guys, I'm like, I appreciate it, but those guys, you know, like, they write shit down. They have, like, stuff prepared. I'm just spitting off the top of my head. I'm just, you know, we're in a break room and something is happening and I'm being funny about something happening in the break room. Right. Which is, it wasn't false. I wasn't saying lies. The truth of the matter is, and I didn't know this then, but I know this now, is that I was just deathly afraid. I was like, I didn't know. Like, I've been watching stand-up. When I was a kid, I was watching stand-up. Yeah. When I was eight years old, nine years old, I would watch Eddie Murphy Delirious because my brothers were older and they would get, like, you know, we had the Eddie Murphy Delirious tape. My parents don't know any English. So they didn't know... That what I was saying, that what I was listening to was absolutely not yeah. child child approved, child friendly. And I would watch Eddie Murphy Delirious on loop. And then I would go to school. And when I was in sixth and seventh grade, I would go to school and recite his bits like pretty fucking accurately. Like mm-hmm. I wasn't massacring the bits. As 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 far as a sixth or seventh grader goes, to do an Eddie Murphy, like I was doing it, you know, he, he even has a bit in Eddie Murphy Raw because you guys go home, you guys go home and fuck about my jokes, and I was like, nah, I think I'm doing it pretty fucking well, to be honest with you. Um, so then, flash fast forward to uh, I'm like 20 years old, 22 years old, and um, and people, my coworkers, keep telling me to do it. I'm like, nah, whatever. So I used to work believe it or not, I used to work at Carnival Cruise Lines, like selling cruises, like as, as just customer service and, you know, shit like that. And um, when you work there, when you work for the company, they allow you two free cruises a year. So uh, three years into me working at Carnival Cruise Lines corporate, I went on a cruise with a bunch of friends of mine, I'm co- co-workers, and we all went, and we watched this comedian uh, on the ship. His name is Happy Cole. 
And we watched him, and he was fucking hilarious. He was just fucking great, man. And after the show, like, they all, you know, all the comics hang out after the shows. We were literally the last people to hang out with him, and he was hanging out with us all night. We were just hanging out and talking, and we were just in front of the in front of the comedy club, in front of the in front of the theater. It wasn't even like we were like going going out to the club with him or anything. We were just hanging out in front of the theater, and my one of my friends, who I'm still friends with to this day, her then husband, uh, was like, "Oh, I was making a happy laugh," and so. Um, my friend said, hey, you know, you're making this day. And he said, what do you mean? He's like, well, because he wants to be a comic. I never said that. I never said that out loud. Never said that to him. I never even said it to myself, much less wow. like to out loud. Yeah. And when he said that, uh, he was like, you do? And I was like, I, I, no, man. I like, you know, it's too late for me. And he goes, what do you mean? Goes, I'm too old. He goes, oh, how old are you? And I swear to God, this is a true story. I looked at my watch and it had rolled into my 22nd birthday. Wow. Like it was literally past midnight. I'm like, oh, it's my birthday right now. And I'm tw- I just turned 22. And he goes, why do you think you're too late? He goes, I didn't start doing stand-up until I was 29. Now, if you ever look at a picture of Happy, Happy Cole looks like he's 29 right fucking now. Yeah. Um, and it's been 16 years since. And I'm like, what? And he goes, yeah. And he goes, why do you think it's too late? And I go, oh, because, you know, Eddie Murphy started when he was 15. And he was like, yeah, you're kind of comparing yourself to the fucking greatest of all time. Right. Right? That's not normal. That, that, that's not the normal. Exactly. Now, later on, I would find out that people like Chappelle and Martin, they all started fucking 15, 16 years old. Um, but then I only knew Eddie Murphy as far as his career, as far as stand-up goes. I knew other stand-ups, but I didn't know how they started. So I thought 15 is when everybody starts. Right. And he was like, no. And then I told the story later on. To, he started to, 15 and to, at 18 he got SNL. Yeah, he got SNL. Isn't that what everybody does? <laughs> and uh, and I found out later on, like somebody put uh, put it in great uh, terms for me. I told the story to another comic years ago. Uh, and he goes, yeah, you were literally comparing yourself to Mike Tyson. Like you were yeah, like, there's of one of, that's, there's only one of those. And that's how you thought everybody does it. I'm like, no, that's not how everybody does it. So he told me that, you know, the very standard, he's like, dude, you're funny. Why don't you go home and do an open mic? Just try it. You'll never know. Like, at least, you, at least you'll be able to say, hey, I tried it. And, and then I went and I got on stage at the Mammy Improv, the old Mammy Improv mm-hmm. uh, that's no longer there. Uh, and the very first time I stepped on stage, it was during a, um, a, a comedy contest where... Uh, the winner, it's it was like the winner of that week goes on to the finals, and then the finals, it was the Thanksgiving Turkey Day thing where they they give away a turkey to the fucking <laughs> to the winner. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and I and I and I, my first five minutes, I had written and fucking done and, and redone and redone. Uh, it was two weeks after I got off the cruise, and I did really really well for my first time. Granted, I had like almost ninety of my friends and coworkers and family and coworkers right. there. Um, but I did really well for again for an open micer. Like we are. Like here's the thing that people don't understand. A lot of open micers think they're fucking hot shit, right? Because like yeah. I fucking killed. Because you killed in front of your friends and family. That's not the same thing as killing. Exactly. And here's what I tell people. Even then, even like a year into doing stand up, I'll tell people, I go, we all suck. Some of us just suck less than others, mm-hmm. and it's clear who sucks more than who. who like, you know what I mean? Who sucks less? Like, you know, it was me, Al Jackson, Forrest Shaw, Oni Perez. Like, I started with this group of guys that we all felt, hey, we are. And to this day, sixteen years later, we're all professionals. So there was something to that. But we all still suck. Like, I, I would be embarrassed if I had a fucking tape of myself from back then and be like, oh my god, I'm watching. Oh, Jesus oh, yeah. Christ. But we all sucked, but we just sucked less than the other people. Yeah. And we took it more serious. Remember that effort that I never had, that I never put into band, I never put into an instrument. I took Italian in high school, 
and don't know a fucking word of Italian. My wife's half Italian. I don't know what the <laughs> fuck she's saying. Um, I, I, I bought the Rosetta Stone for Italian, and I don't speak Italian because you have to put in effort. Yeah. You have to fucking study, and it doesn't come naturally to me. So I therefore I, I drop it. But comedy, because it came naturally to me, I wanted to keep excelling, and it just wanted so because I can make people laugh out on the street naturally I wanted to be able to learn how to do it on stage so then I would go home and write and do that so my first five minutes were really good the second two weeks later I'm, I'm on stage again I'm at the finals and I didn't want to do the same five minutes so I wrote an entirely new five minutes and I bombed so fucking hard and it was yeah. god awful but that's how I started is another comedian uh, on a cruise ship and it's really funny because years later I started working on cruise ships I started doing comedy on cruise ships and I got to work with Happy Cole, and I would tell him, I told him, like, tell him, like, you got me started on, on stand-up. Now, he doesn't remember. Like, it's not, right. like, you know what I mean? Like, he was never, he, he was never a dick about it. He was like, I don't fucking remember. He was like, oh, that's cool, man, whatever. But I know yeah. being a comic now and meeting people after the show, like, I, there's, I've told a million people. Exactly. Keep doing it, buddy. Keep going to an open mic and have some fun. Like, I don't know what the fuck who they are. Um, but that's that's the beginning of it was uh, yeah so sixteen years in, in this September and a couple of months will be seventeen years. That's crazy, man. Yeah. And so obviously you've done many many different shows and been on many many different stages. Out of curiosity, do do you have any hell gig stories? A lot of hell gig stories. Yeah. Absolutely. I used to look and and I say this with admiration. Like I'm not saying this. Uh, I'm not looking down on my nose at it. Um, I did uh, Marco Island, the guy who, Captain Brian, who now, is, he still does a comedy show. He still does a comedy club, but now he moved it to Naples. But when it was in Marco Island, Mar the demographic of Marco Island in Naples is vastly different, mm -hmm. vastly different. Marco Island is a very, very, very rich uh, city or town, whatever you want to call it, municipality. They're very rich and they're very, very old. And they're very, very white. Yeah. So uh, for five years, and I thank him. I, I've told him to his face. For five years, he booked me once a month, every fucking month, like clockwork. So when I didn't know where my next gig was going to be, I knew that Marco Arno was going to be one gig of that week, of that month. So that meant that I just had to worry about three those other three weeks because I knew he was going to book me. And... They did not fucking like me because, uh, you know, you're looking at I was looking at I was 23 when I started. So I was maybe 26, 27 when I started doing that club yeah. and 26, 27 years old, uh, Hispanic kid who's to their standards, super filthy. You know, and I, I don't think I was super filthy, but I was way filthier than they're used to. Right. Um, if you say the if you say the F word three times, you're filthy to them. When and I definitely did that way more than three times. So you're talking about <laughs> a broke kid. I, I had zero fucking money. Um, I had uh, a shitty car, hence the zero money. Uh, and and uh, young Hispanic kid going to perform comedy every month at a club that especially. Uh, Thursday and Sunday Thursdays and Sundays Throughout you know Throughout the fucking Comedy world Those are gonna be Older crowds regardless Yeah of course But older in Marco Island Is fucking difference Between 60 and 90 Like yeah. I'm not even Exaggerating Yeah. So when you have 90 year old people On Thursdays and Sundays It's fucking hell gigs man I mean it was every month I was just having Those hell gigs For five years And again grateful to have it I say this with A lot of admiration But there were hell gigs man They were just like They were just staring at me Looking at me But it topped me to this day, that's still my Achilles heel in the sense of like which audience would not automatically love me and it's going to be old, rich, white people. 
but now it's way easier because of those five years. Now I'm I'm able to turn the tables on them, and now I'm able to. But they're the ones that taught me, hey, when your things aren't going well, you can't just curse more. It doesn't right. work that way, especially with this crowd because you're gonna lose them even more so. So I, like I had to learn that through them. But the hell gigs, I mean, uh, all right. So that that I would say professionally, not. I don't think just for uh, just for prestige, the highlight of my career was when I got to open and tour with Dave Chappelle. Okay. That was like the highlight. That was like the yeah. fucking pinnacle. Mm-hmm. And uh, I I did like four different cities throughout Florida with him. I did two show. I did two uh, two nights in in Miami, and I did uh, Melbourne, and I did Tampa, and I did. Uh, one other one, and I'm forgetting the name. So, like, four different cities. Just out of curiosity, was it through him seeing you? No, or? no, no. I, no, the the improv, Renee, called me. Okay. Uh, she goes, hey, are you available today and tomorrow? And I said, yeah, right? Because I'm, I'm thinking she's calling me for, like, for Lauderdale or the West Palm Beach improv. Right. And she was like, okay, well, I'm going to submit your name. Uh, so maybe you could work. Maybe you could open up for Chappelle in Miami Beach at the Fillmore. And I was like, oh, that's great. And literally, this is how broke I was. This is how broke I was, Mike. I said, that would be great. Um, but if he says no, do you have anything that I can do? Do you, Can I MC somewhere? Can, like, I don't give a fuck. Like, I was so broke. I needed money. Yeah. So it was a blessing in so many different ways. So I did. Uh, so they, So she called me back a couple hours later. She goes, okay, you're in for tonight. If they like you, they'll book you for tomorrow night. But you are you at least got tonight. And it's going to be 500 bucks a show. And then there's two shows. And I was like, holy fuck. Like, that right. was like, it was like, there was like two weeks before Christmas. Like, it was a big fucking deal for me, man. That's so definitely I, cloud nine Yeah, that right is there. right there. So I did that. It was great meeting him, you know, fucking whatever. He was like the nicest dude on earth. Like, the nicest dude on earth. Yeah. Super funny. So I did that. And then they go, uh, and then his people, his handlers was like, hey, do you want to come back tomorrow? Can you work tomorrow? I'm like, yeah, absolutely. And then Dave, he didn't know his people did that. So he goes like, hey, are you going to come back tomorrow? I'm like, yeah, yeah. And he goes, yeah, man, make sure you come back tomorrow. And I'm like, yeah, your people just told me. He goes, oh, okay, cool. Dude, so that was cool. What a dream. So I, worked, I, worked, <laughs> so I did two more shows uh, the next night. So that was great. And um, and then they, on the second night, they were like, hey, you want to keep, do you want to, are you are you available on like whatever that was? That was Sunday. That was Saturday. Like, are you available on Monday to be in Melbourne on Monday? I'm like, what? Yeah. So they gave me that. And then they, every and they just booked me for the uh, all the cities in Florida. He had one more city in in uh, Jacksonville to do in, during that tour. A, I couldn't do it anyway because I already had booked uh, uh, the Phoenix Club that, we, that that for those dates. And B, he already had somebody in Phoenix, in uh, in Jacksonville. So I was like, all right, fine. Uh, but either way, it doesn't make make a difference. But I got that gig. Somebody saw me at a at that Miami gig at that Chappelle gig. They, because I'm a whore and I give my website at every single fucking show, they contacted me. I got contacted from somebody to do a private party on, I was like, I don't really want to do a private party, but I guess I'll fucking do a private party. And, and I gave them what I thought was an exuberant amount of money. And they said yes without a fucking hesitation, which means I could have gotten more money. Yeah. And then I did the private party. And then uh, uh one of the higher ups of uh like fucking CEOs of no whatever of Carnival was there and he goes hey do you want to work on carnival and i said yes and i go okay cool and then i'll call you on monday and i said yeah sure you will like i literally i was like i don't fucking believe nothing you're saying because how many times have you heard that after a show you were great i'll call you you're amazing i I work for univision yeah yeah, yeah." and you fucking never hear a fucking (laughs) word from them so he goes i'll call you got that and then um two years later that same executive moved over to royal caribbean 
And then I was like, him and I maintain to this day. We're friends. We're, you know, we text each other. We're on Instagram with each other. And I was like, hey, man, I saw you moved over to Royal. That's congratulations. Like, yeah. He goes, hey, do you want to work for Royal? And a week later, I got a call from the booker at Royal. So that's really all like fucking, it's just sheer luck. Now, I tell this story to other comedians and they go, and I tell them it's sheer luck. And he goes, it's not luck. It's luck that you got your foot in the door. Yeah. But the fact that you stayed in that door for four fucking years working cruise ships is, it doesn't matter who likes you. It's somebody else like there, there has to be a you're good at what you do. So exactly. I'm, so I'm, I'm happy with that. But that's that's literally I didn't know anybody. It was Chappelle. just that your skill was yeah. crafted at the the place that it needed to be at that time right. specifically. Yeah. And so this, that's I, where the light I, is. I say all I say this all to say. So I'm working with Chappelle. 2000 seater theaters, man. I'm like doing like fucking like I'm on a high. I'm just like, oh, my God. Cloud nine, like you said. And then. I'm shit you the fuck not. <laughs> right? Two days after that, after the last gig with Chappelle, I fucking go and uh no, I'm sorry, two nights be- two nights before I work with Chappelle, right? It was a Wednesday night. No, no, I'm sorry, it must have been more than that, because it was a Sunday night. So Sunday night, Marco Island. He has a sense at that point, uh uh Captain Brian had sold the restaurant. He was in the process of moving over to Naples. But the restaurant, because they had dates for the comedy club, decided to keep the comedy shows going. Mm-hmm. Sunday night comes around. This is literally five days. I get the call about Chappelle in five days, but I don't know this yet. So on Sunday, I go up on stage, and I have pictures of this shit to this day, where I'm on stage, and there are four fucking people in the audience. Oh. Four. And they are not sitting together. Wow. It's two couples, one couple sitting right at the front and one couple sitting not only to the back, but to the right, to the left or some shit. And that's how I was. And, I li- and that, that's my whole set. My whole set was talking about how I'm fucking performing for four people. Right. So clearly my career is going great. Right. Like it was four people. So you want to talk about hell gigs. It When you're in front of four human beings and you're and on a stage and you're meant to like perform, like that's when you realize how much time you have. Like let's find out how much time you have because you're in front of four fucking people. That's nice. Five days later, get to open up for Chappelle in front of 2,300 people at the Fillmore, at the Jackie Gleason Theater. Like, that's just, like, how crazy our fucking industry is. Yeah. That, that's literally how it goes. Yeah. Yeah. It's so weird how comedy is like that, man, because, like, you know, Conan was talking about this on a podcast where he's like, comedy is the only thing where it's, the room is constantly changing. Meaning, right. like... There could be a comic that kills, and then the next comic just bombs. Absolutely, and it's the same room. Correct. Yeah. Like it's crazy yeah. how that can happen. Marco Island has taught me. People would ask me all the time, "How is that room in Marco Island?" And I would tell them to not to be like I was like I've had some of the worst sets I've ever had in my entire career in Marco Island. And the very next show, not even the next day, the very next show, it would be the best show I've ever had in my entire career. Right. And that would happen often. Yeah. It wasn't even like, oh, this one time. It was like often where that was a situation. Um, I used to, I was the first quote unquote official comedian for the Miami Dolphins. I believe this was 2011. Okay. And um, when they saw me at a show, they had first of all they had a showcase to see who would become the official comedian for the Miami Dolphins. Right. I won, and I, I'm putting hard quotes on this. I won, quote unquote, that opportunity to be the official comedian, which meant before every single home game, two hours before every single home game, 
I will be performing for the people who paid for the Nat. I forget his last name. He was a former player. For his, it was like a, it was like a, um, a tailgate. But his tailgate was like catered, and it was like all the food you could eat. You just pay fifty bucks, and you get all the food you could eat two hours before the show, two hours before the game. But the game is at one, so two hours before the game is eleven o'clock in the fucking morning. Right. And we're underneath the stadium, like not underneath, but like you know those little fucking roundabout. Yeah. Under, yeah we're underneath that, and uh, there's uh, eight home games, and one of them was a Thursday night, and one of them was a Monday night. Those are the only two. Everything else was eleven o'clock in the morning. Wow. And I was there. And they don't give a fuck about comedy. They're not there for comedy. Of course. It's early in the morning. Uh, and they would have me always go up after the cheerleaders, the Mammy Dolphin cheerleaders. And everybody, everybody, I you see dads taking their little boys to, to like to see the to get closer to the to the cheerleaders. Then the cheerleaders would 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 leave and the fucking crowd would dispense back to their seats. They were round tables, so that means the closest person to you, which is thirty feet away from you. Right. Has his back to you because he's fucking eating. Right. He's shoving his fucking face, dude. Right. <laughs> so I had to fucking do that and do comedy there. Shit you the fuck not, Mike. Four out of those eight games, four out of those fucking eight games, I would have at one point either one or both of these things happen during my set. It was a 10 fucking 15 minute set. So it shouldn't be it, literally one or, one or both of these things would happen. Either the fucking helicopter would land fucking five, 500 feet away, which, again, sounds like a lot, but when it's a helicopter, it's fucking loud, yeah, it's dude. super loud, yeah. Or, and or, the fucking Mammy Dolphins marching band, which I didn't know that they still had. I had no <laughs> idea they still had this shit. The Mammy Dolphins marching band will come fucking playing because they, 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 they walk around the entire stadium playing before the game, and they will just... Boom, boom, boom. During my fucking set. And I'm like, I just, and that would be the fucking show. And that would be the show. I had eight of the fucking worst, worst fucking uh, uh, hell gigs of, of my entire career. That's crazy. To the point that the next year when somebody else got that, they're like, oh, what can I expect? And I will tell them, I'm like, it's the worst fucking gig you're ever going to have. The prestige of having the, the name, the fact that you had that, I'm official comedian in the Miami Dolphins, that's it. It looks good on paper yeah. and on a resume. When somebody asks you, like, when I got hired by Carnival to do comedy on cruise ships, they're like, what have you done? And I was able to lay that on them. They're like, oh, okay, whatever. What does that mean? And I will tell them, it's in front of kids. You're like, I had to do PG shit. I couldn't even curse. So, like, I had to be, you know, clean. And, again, another lesson that you have to learn. You have to learn how to play clean. You have of to learn course. how to play a different club, you know, a different room. And all those fucking bullets you take, you take them for a reason, to toughen you up. You of know? course, yeah. yeah. That's uh, the the metaphor that I've heard that is really great is just that it's like a bow and arrow. And you're kind of just like those bad shows are just the, the coil, the coiling back. And then the release is the great show. And that's what makes it... So you're just preparing for that. Who who, great who used set. that analogy? I want to know who. Pete Holmes. What, yeah. Okay. I was gonna say that's a huge fucking nerd. Whoever yeah, did that. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. A very... it's, fantastic. it's a great. Uh, it's a great analogy. But I was like, <laughs> what the, the fuck? What kind of nerd? Yeah. Pete Holmes. I mean, yeah. Story checks out. Yeah, story exactly. checks out. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And somewhere in there, he talked about Ram Dass and a whole bunch of yeah. stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> but I want to kind of go on the other side of the spectrum. Tell me some good stories. I mean, you've opened for such. Amazing people. You've done shows with Dave Chappelle, Aria Spears. Like, yeah. I mean, tell me some some great stories that really shaped you and you know things like that. The ones that shape you the most are the ones, the tough ones. That, and that's just the bottom line. The ones that shape you the most. Yeah. The ones that you get to enjoy life and you get to, uh, it, 
you know, those working with Chappelle it was really uh, fascinating. It was really fantastic because he was the nicest human being on earth. Like I, I, I was really waiting for the other shoe to drop. And and I've worked with people who are really nice and really famous, but I've you know never worked with somebody that famous who is that nice. Like I was really, really thrown aback. Um, but um, I have I I like you know it's funny because. When you go out on the road, when you do cruise ships, you know, you're the headliner. Yeah. So people are like, oh, who have you worked with? And, I, you know, like when I first started, before I started, I worked with everybody. Yeah. Anybody who came through South Florida, if you worked on an improv, the improv took a liking to me when I'm really, really grateful for it. And I got to work with really, really, I got to work with Kevin Hart, like my second week ever getting paid. I'm sorry, my first week ever getting paid. First week ever got getting paid at the improv to host. I hosted for Kevin Hart. And he wasn't even a sellout back then. He didn't even sell out the Miami Improv. He yeah. wasn't, forget about theaters. He wasn't, but you just knew he had to. He was, my, the credit for him when I brought him up was he has a movie coming out this summer called 40-Year-Old Virgin. Wow. That was his credit. Holy He's cow. He's going to be in a movie called 40-Year-Old Virgin later this summer. Like, it, that movie hadn't even come out yet. Yeah, so and it's, was, like, not even a huge role. And it's, yeah, it's not, it was, yeah. was in one scene. Yeah. And I remember watching that one scene going, like, hey, it's a funny scene, but I don't know, it's okay. That's, yeah, that's it's not Jumanji. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not Think Like a Man Think Like whatever. a Man. No, Think Like a Man is not him, man. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, no, I... I, I I, I thought it was I thought it was fantastic, but like I I got to work with all these great uh, comics that I, later on were like oh okay cool, but I I was such a fame whore I was like I want to work with the biggest names and people would ask me they thought they thought it was like oh why do you want you want to kiss their ass I'm like no they just have a bigger audience yeah of course I just want to perform in front of the bigger bigger audience I got tired of performing open mics in front of fucking you know fourteen people like I want to work in front of you know, like Dane Cook was the big deal back then, and I was like, I want to work, I want to open for Dane Cook, and they're like, but he's not funny. I'm like, yeah, but everybody loves that guy. Like everybody, yeah. like he's gonna pack the place out. So I want to go. Like that's all I cared about is performing yeah. in front of. For a long time, it seemed like I was a fame whore, but it was only because I wanted to work with for a room or with an audience that I knew was gonna be sold out. Yeah, like I was like, this guy's gonna sell out, and I want to be there. Going back, going back to that whole Dane thing, like. <laughs> Because, like, my whole thing that I always like to say is, like, I feel like Dane Cook is, like, is like the Nickelback of comedy, you know? No, because, I like Nickelback. But here's the thing, though. Here's the thing. <laughs> and this is my analogy. And, like, it's going to get a little Pete Holmesy, but it's my analogy. Uh, I feel like Nickelback sells out so many shows. Yeah. And they get platinum records, so they're doing something right. I have that same argument you know? <laughs> about Nickelback. I'm not lying. Like, yeah. I've, I've had this... Uh, Catherine Maloney is a, a comedian up in uh, Orlando or Tampa. I forget, but I think it's Tampa. Um, and we did a, a New Year's Eve show together, and there was a guy that played... Uh, he played covers, mm -hmm. right? And he was really good. So he asked me what song... Like, he was like, what do you want to hear? Like, I did, sh I did the comedy, and then... We were done, and then I was like, uh, uh, and I just started naming Nickelback songs, and he was like, no fucking Nickelback. He's like, I'm not playing any Nickelback. And she still has it with me. Like, well, on Facebook, it was so tagged me on Nickelback shit. <laughs> but I was like, hey, man, fuck, I don't give a fuck what you say. They're like, they, they sell millions of records. It's true. And I would tell her, I was like, I'm not buying millions of records. It's yeah. not all just me. Yeah. So I don't know what you're talking, like, say what you will. They're still selling. Like I can't. Like you really gonna tell me millions of people are wrong? Like yeah, that's, really? Absolutely. Like, all of us are wrong. Like I'm just. You can't even just say. Oh, right. So that would be the joke that I would have. I was like, I'm not the one buying. Me. I'm not doing the Uncle Jesse and going to the fucking store and buying all the fucking <laughs> all the Nickelback albums and giving them out to my family later. I'm you, not doing that. You pick the yeah. perfect <laughs> reference for me. <laughs> 
Yeah, I'm not doing that. Uh, I bought every copy they had. Well, really? Did you fucking Uncle Jesse? Then you did nothing. You did fucking nothing. You spent your own money, you dumb shit. Uh, you did nothing. It's like that Aziz Ansari joke that he has about Jay-Z where he's drinking the vodka that he makes. It's yeah. like he's drinking it so money goes back into his own yeah. pocket. Yeah. Because like, yeah. <laughs> nobody else is drinking it. <laughs> Just like that fucking music thing that he has. What's that music thing called? Title. Title. Nobody uses it. I, I've never met a single human being that has title ever. No. Nobody. <laughs> he's the only one. He's still pushing. You can't find Jay-Z music on I, on, on iTunes. Because uh, on uh, iTunes Music, oh yeah, because he he has like three songs on there on iTunes. All the other songs, like the he he has on title, and I'm like, oh fuck you, <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's. Uh, but I, again, I'm I'm just. I just wanted to work with the bigger audience. That's yeah. all I, I, I really cared about. Of course. Yeah, well, yeah. that's a good thing to have, though. Yeah. And. You're working on cruises and stuff like that, and I kind of just want to pick your brain on this just because I'm curious. What what are, like, when it comes to, like, meals on cruises, like, oh. what are your favorite meals? Well, uh, I... Because looking fun. at your Instagram, you know how to eat. Man. Well, look, I, I, I try really hard, in the last, especially in the last year and a half. I Last year, I had lost, like, 35 pounds, almost 40, yeah. and then I gained it back before the year was over. But, it, again, I earned that fucking... It's not like I was on a yo-yo diet. I just earned it. Um, but... That the healthiest I eat is on cruise ships. Yeah, because everything's already cooked for you, so you just have to pick and choose. You just have to not pick the the shit that's like deep fried. Like that's re- really they. But but they cook so many different varieties. They cook lean. They cook super fattening. Super. They have super sweet. They have you know. What I mean? So you could p- just pick and choose. But what I what I tend to gravitate towards. When I'm eating healthy, I'll do like, you know, uh, some lentils, some beans or some lean turkey, some avocado. I'll do some shit like that. But when I don't give a fuck, they have excellent like hibachi restaurants. Yep. Oh, dude. So that's my favorite is a hibachi restaurant. Or I'll do the steakhouse. Well, I'll do that where people are like, oh, steakhouse isn't that bad. I mean, the way I do it is it's not. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's so good. And the key lime pie at the steakhouse is the best key lamp I've ever had in my fucking life. It's to okay. die. The, the 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 meringue on top is is um is uh like you know to put fire on it and then make it crispy and then oh, make okay, it, they, cool. oh, it's so fucking good. Like a creme brulee kind of thing. Kind of thing, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's so fucking good. Um but that's that's those are the two things that when I'm when I'm engaging in like I don't give a fuck and I'm gonna be the fat boy today, it would be either the 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 hibachi restaurant or their steakhouse. You do like uh, from again. I'm going by your Instagram, but you do like cheat meals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's again, when I'm doing do. well, when I'm doing when I'm doing well, my on my I don't want to say diet, but when I'm doing well, eating healthy and mm-hmm. going to the gym, I'll allow myself that one day, and it's usually the night that we have off because on, on the cruise ships, they on the big big ships, like the four huge biggest cruise ships in the world. On those four ships, you have one night off, and a lot of times it's in the middle of the week. Sometimes it's in the beginning of the week, and that kind of fucks up my cheat meal thing. Yeah. But when it's in that, when it's in the later half of the uh, of the week, when it's on a Thursday or Friday, I'll work out and eat real healthy for the first four or five days of the cruise, and then that one cheat meal is when I'll have uh, either that, either the the um, the, the hibachi or the steakhouse. But that's, that's what awesome. I'll have. Yeah. That's awesome. I love it. Dude, yeah. this has been an episode. <laughs> and well, yeah, I, I, well, yeah, that's that's a weird compliment. This has been well, it's been an episode. You guys uh, it's, it's something, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> yeah, it's something, man. It certainly wasn't <laughs> it certainly wasn't nothing, but it was here, you know. <laughs> that's what I tell really shitty audiences when they've been when they sucked at the end. I go, You guys um well, you guys have been here. 
<laughs> you guys have been here. Nobody can take that away from you physically. You've been here. A lot of yeah. comics like to tell you that you've been great. You know you haven't. You know you fucking. My, let's call it what it's been. You guys have been here. My you know. favorite thing to say when when it's one of those kinds of shows is, you know, there's days when you're a comic where you can't believe you get paid to do this, and this isn't one of those yeah. days. <laughs> uh, <laughs> two of my favorites have been uh, this comic in New York called. He was originally from down here, but he's been in New York for like over ten years now. Is Oscar Colazzo. And he has a thing where he goes, you ever watch like uh, um, Behind the Music? And like in the beginning, like when you watch a Behind the Music or somebody super famous and they were like, and then they show video, they show pictures of like really rundown times where his career wasn't going well. You're watching that moment right now. <laughs> like he was sitting, that's, I thought that was fucking great. And then that the other great. one is a comic called Nick Thune. Out of oh, I name. love Nick. Nick yeah. is fantastic. Nick has a he had one where he goes, uh, if you guys ever get a chance to become an audience as a group together again, don't take it. Don't take up that opportunity. Just you guys did not do well this time. I don't think you're going to do any better next time. And I thought that was the fucking best way to do it. Man. Dude, there's speaking of Nick, because now 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 I'm just like thinking about how many great bits he has. But one of my favorite bits, it's so minuscule, but it's like it's just when he's playing some he plays the guitar a little bit and he just goes up to the mic and he goes, Can I get the laughter up in the monitors, please? <laughs> <laughs> such a great throw isn't that a great throwaway? Such it a great really throwaway. Is. It's such a great throwaway. It's so good. It's so man. good. And then it, a lot of people won't get it. A lot of people just won't catch it. They won't and I'm you know one of my favorite things is something that he gets in a lot of trouble for. It's uh he he did a whole tonight show set on it and people like didn't like it i guess but the whole thing is him pretending to be a youth pastor and it's the funniest thing oh, i've ever I've, seen i haven't seen it but i'll check it out like, i love nick he's again i worked with him when he was a feature he was a middle act oh yeah 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 he was a he was a middle act and it was uh me him and uh, billy gardell Oh, Billy Gardell's yeah, great. Yeah, 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 yeah. And we worked together. This is before he got Mike and Molly. Yeah. And this is when Nick was a feature and I was an MC. And I got to work with all these guys. All these guys I've gotten to work with throughout the years. That's really what I miss the most with being on the road is when you're in the green room with three, four, five other comics. Yeah. Like, that's like shit that you only get now when you first start out in your career. I'm saying now for you, when you first start in your career. The further along everybody gets in a career, the more separated they get because everybody becomes a headliner. Everybody com- becomes a feature. You go on the road. Everybody, so everybody spreads out. But that core group, whoever you start with, that's the ones you, your friends who you remember the most because that's the ones you get to work with. Me, Al Jackson, Only Perez, uh, um, uh, Dave, uh, what was his name? Oh, fuck. I can blank out on his name because uh, I'm thinking about the Cadillac for some reason. Dave uh, Williamson. Dave, Dave oh, yeah. Williamson. These are the guys that I came up with, and we spent years. We spent two, three years of every week or every other week hanging out with each other in green rooms and hanging out yeah. and after shows and blah, blah, blah. Nowadays, I, I mean, I haven't seen those guys in years. Physically, yeah. like, we'll text each other, but we won't physically see each other in years. That's crazy, man. Enjoy it now? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, and, and it's funny because, like, you're saying that, and I kind of do feel like I did when I was a kid because I remember when I was a kid, all I wanted to be was grown up, you know? And yeah. Then, and then when you're grown up, you're just like, man, I, I just kind of wish that I was back to being a kid again. Shit, you know? I mean, the, the name of my comedy album is Manchild. Like, yeah. I, I don't fucking, like, I love the idea of retaining your youth, you know? I was always the youngest yeah. one and everything because my mom lied about my age to the school so I graduated high school when I was 17 and I, I was always a young one in every group of friends that I had yeah. and I was never like they all accepted me for being the young one so I was never you know what I mean I I, I was I love the fact of being a, and then now 
nostalgia is such a cool thing to be able to have. Sure. So now nostalgia rules the marketplace. So all these nerds and geeks that we grew up, and now we all have, you know, now we're adults and we could afford the toys. Yeah. Which hence the office. Yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and and I was thinking about this when you were talking about it recently, or in, in the beginning where you were like, it wasn't a thing back then to like something like you would get bullied or whatever. And now... It's something that's so funny, especially to me, is like when a girl, when you're like on a date with a girl and she'll be like, yeah, I'm such a nerd. I love Star Wars. And then in my head, I'm like, yeah, the movie that made multis of yep, billions yeah, of yeah, dollars. Yeah, 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 you're such a nerd. Such a like, nerd. We get it. We're such... <laughs> like everybody saw yeah, Star Wars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, she, but that's the thing. She is a nerd because she likes Star Wars. And of it's course. okay. It's all yeah. right. But like, it's like, all right, yeah. Yeah. Of course. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, man, dude, this has been so freaking fun. Thank you so oh, much. Thank for you, brother. Thank you for having me, man. Thank you so much for doing this. Where can people find you online? Uh, well, look, I'm trying to grow my Instagram. My website is nerysigns.com. Nobody ever remembers nerysigns.com. So uh, people a lot of times leave a show or listen to me on a podcast and go, hey, he, he wasn't bad. What was his name? So that's the name of the website. I put is what was his name.com, which is an actual website, not a joke. What was his name.com? I'm from there. I'm trying to grow my Instagram. So from there, you can go to all my social media and my Instagram and my YouTube. So you can check out my YouTube and all that shit. Uh, but yeah, um, uh, I, I record clips. Uh, if you are on my Instagram uh, and then my and you like my Facebook page, you are perfect to all the comedy videos first because that's where i put them first and then i put them on youtube so make sure you guys check that out and um i post videos of me doing stand-up but it's all crowd work i don't post any material because i don't want you guys to go see my 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 videos and then go on go to a show and be like i fucking saw him do this already so i just do crowd work because it's i just post crowd work because i know it's something that i'll never do again yeah so and it's i i try to post the funny ones or, or what i think are good ones so yeah and of course uh I promote your podcast network. Yeah, as man, well. my podcast network. Hopefully, I'm trying to get you on there. Yeah, uh, I'm trying to get you as part of the network, yeah, man. I would love to have you part of the network, which is just basically audience sharing and then promoting each other at the end of every show. Is to say, uh, go to geekbro.net, geekbro.net, and I have a podcast called What's Up, Bro, uh, that I started eight years ago or nine years ago, and uh, and then Mount Geekmore, which is we select our top four of our favorite subjects, our favorite topics, and every episode we pick a different topic. Um, at the time of this recording, the last episode we recorded uh, that we put out was the Mount Rushmore of these animated Disney movies. And then the one that we recorded yesterday that won't be out until next week, but I don't know when this comes out, yeah. is the Mount Rushmore of uh, movie westerns. Nice. So we did that. So uh, every episode is a different topic. Sometimes we talk about, a lot of times we talk about movies, but a lot of times we talk about music and any kind of you know we we've done best uh, comic book runs and best uh, wrestling uh, fin finishers and we've done yeah. all, all, all that shit. So yeah, you guys did. What was it when I was on? It was uh, uh, law enforcement characters. That's right, law enforcement TV character uh, and TV. That's yeah. right, right. That not, was not really movie. Fun I don't one. think it was movies. It was t it just TV. It was TV. Yeah, yeah, TV law enforcement. Absolutely. Yeah, and that was super fun because all of my picks were just completely irrational. <laughs> no, was it Carl Winslow deserves to be up there? God damn it! It was fucking and great. Like Chief Wiggum. Chief Wiggum, of like course. That. Which is yeah. uh, the live version of uh, Carl. You know, Carl Winslow. Of course. It's <laughs> um, but it's great. So check out uh, geekbro.net. Check out my other podcast. What's up, bro? Mon Geek more and check those out. Um, but yeah, absolutely, man. For me, you can find me 
on Instagram at Mike Valdez, on Twitter at I am Mike Valdez, and you can go to whoismikevaldez.com to find out the answer to that question. Look at this guy. Huh? Yeah. And uh, that's it, man. Thank you so much for listening. Subscribe. Tell all of your friends so we can grow this family. 